Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. We're talking about vessels of honor, and God wants to make you a vessel of honor. And you know, I only had like four or five pots, and Miss Cynthia brought all kinds of stuff in here, some beautiful stuff uh, that came from her house. Look at that piece right there. Isn't that beautiful? I don't need to drop that. It's valuable, huh? And, and you know, uh, you, you look at these cups and, and all these things. This one's cool right here. Look, they, they, they made them, then they pressed them together, put a loop on them, and then they fired them. So last Sunday, we talked about making pottery a process. How about being a Christian's a process? When you get born again, you just don't automatically know everything. You don't automatically, you know, come clean. You, all the lumps don't come out of your life. And so there's a process to it. You know, you got to place yourself in the master's hands. Amen. Huh? Amen. Then you got to get on the wheel and let him center you. Most people walk through life like this. They're not centered. They're all wobbly. You wonder what's wrong with them because they haven't got on the potter's wheel or they got off too soon. How about, oh, I'm ready to go. You think you're ready to charge, squirt, uh, you know, charge hell with a squirt gun. Because you got, you know, you got, got saved and you think you're ready and you're, you're still wobbly. Let God clean, you know, clean you. Get on the wheel. Pray. Get into the Word. What does the Holy Spirit got to say about it? He wants to, he wants to he'll help you get stabilized. It's like any athlete, I talked about it, any athlete or anything you do, even walking, you got to have balance. It's so fun to, 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 to help your, your kids or your grandkids or even somebody else get to learn to walk. They're like they're drunk. Because they're trying to find their balance. And they're staggering around. And, 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 but you know what? People spiritually stagger around. And it ought not be so. And so as we look at these things, it's a process. He wants to center us. He wants to lift us up. But I want to remind you, Isaiah 64, 8. We don't have to, we're not going to put on the board. It said, yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are the work of your hands. And then I went to Genesis 2, where God made man from the dust of the earth. Did you know that they take clay out of the ground, they spread it and dry it out, and they make it dust? Then they get all the grass out of it and everything out of it, and then they started adding water back to it so they can make it clay that's pliable and usable and workable. God took man from the dust of the earth and breathed into him and made him a living being. Some of the Hebrew scholars said made him a speaking spirit. Your dog is not a speaking spirit. Your cat, your fish, but you are a speaking spirit. You're made in the image and the likeness of God. You are a spirit being. You have a soul. Two plus two is four. It came out of your solical man. Remember the first bike you had? Remember the first bike wreck you had? Remember the first girlfriend in second grade? How she broke your heart? That's all in your memories. When I used to do youth, I said, be careful who you kiss. You never forget it. If they're ugly, it'll haunt you all the days of your life. Because it'll get stuck in your memory or your solical man. I'm telling you the truth. Jesus told a story about the rich man and Lazarus. And in hell, the rich man remembered who Lazarus was, remembered his brothers. That's in his solical man. That's his soul and his spirit. Just saying. Every loved one that I pass on remembers you. Isn't that awesome? So, so as we look at this, we're going to move forward this. 
uh, I asked Cody to come play in the dirt up here today. So he's going to come. He's already got it centered because it's a work in progress. And he's going to try to make something. And we're going to get put this down where he can, people can see. But Jeremiah 18.1, if you look at it on the screen with me, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Uh, the word came from the Lord saying in verse 2, Arise and go down to the potter's house. So I've got a little potter's house set up here for we can all watch. And, and so he said, Go down and I will announce my words to you. And so look at the next verse. And he went down to potter's house and there he was making something on the wheel. Now all that is is a round blob of clay because he's got it centered, but he can make something out of it. Where does that, now what's he going to make out of it? He don't know either, but it's, uh, it's up here. And as he starts forming it, he'll make it. But most potters who work potter, they have an idea. They're going to make a bunch of cups. They're going to make a bunch of bowls. They're going to make a bunch of plates. They're going to make something out of it. And so as the wheel turning, he goes and makes something. Look at verse 4. But the vessel that he was making of clay was spoiled in his hands, and he remade it, he remade it into something else that pleased the potter. The clay has to be... Submitted. Are you submitted? The clay has to submit to the potter. You can't get off the wheel before you're finished. As we look at some of this stuff right here, this is a pretty cool piece right here. It's got some designs on it. And look at the designs on this one. That's called glazing. It's part of the process. Well, how come this one don't have any glazing on it? Because it's not ready yet. Maybe you think, you're sitting there thinking, well, I'm not very good. I'm not worthy. I, you, I don't have any glazing on me. It's because you hadn't went back to the potter. Amen. You got to go back to the potter. Amen. Let him make you into what he's called you to be. And that's, that's, that's part of the process. We get an idea of what we want to be. But how about what he wants to make of you? See, the process takes a lot of water. The Word of God is water. The Holy Spirit's water. It's what the Bible says. That there's the water, the working of the water of the Word. The washing of the water of the Word. The Word will change you. That's how you're supposed to live by the Word. And so it starts forming you and making you into something. <laughs> and he's working hard. But I mean, you know, it, this is not easy. It's hard to center it. I let him center it before we started because it was doing all this in his hands. And I thought about how hard-headed are we a lot of times, and we don't want to submit to what God wants us to do. When the Word tells us what to do, well, I don't know about that. How many, how many, you know, how many have ever heard somebody say, I just want to do what I want to do? Uh, wrong answer. It's I just want to do what God wants me to do. Because we'll pick something full of glory that we can be seen, or we'll pick the easy route. How I many you know God may have you go the hard, the hard way? Why? I don't want to go the hard way. So you can lead other people through the hard way. You know, that's the thing. If you've been delivered from the wilderness, you can go back in the wilderness and deliver people. Amen. Amen. Huh? Yes, sir. 
God will set you free. And God will make you things that you thought, you know, look at the disciples. Uh, four of them wanted to be fishermen. It was a family business. We've been doing this all our lives. And Jesus said, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. I'm going to change you. Well, y'all quiet this morning. Somebody said it like this. Moses spent 40 years, 40 years trying to be something. Then he spent 40 years finding out he was nothing. And then the next 40 years, he found out that God could use nothing. Huh? 40 years trying to be somebody. Bless him. All right, see, that, that's scriptural. It's back to verse 3 that it did not cooperate, and now he had to start over. There are times you're going to have to start over. You made a donut. You going to eat that? I hope not. We're going to relieve you. You're good. So, before we get into our points, I want to remind you, you want to write this down. Surrender and submission is the key. It's the key. We have to submit to the potter. <laughs> there was a man that his car broke down and the tow truck came to get him. Anybody ever, ever had the car towed? Well, the guy wouldn't get out of his car. So he's going to ride in the car while the tow truck pulls him. So they're driving down the road, and he goes up a big, steep hill. The tow truck's pulling him up a big, steep hill, and he's struggling to make it to the top. And he gets to the top, and the tow truck driver pulls over and walks back to the guy in the car and said, Man, I didn't think we was going to make it up that hill. And he goes, I didn't either. That's why I rode the brake all the way up it. How many of y'all riding the brake on God? How many of us ride the brake on God when he says, Do this, I can't do that. I can't. I, what would I say, Lord, if you got me up there in front of those people? I, I'm just a little cup. But if you get full of something of God, I'm going to pour it on No, I ain't going to pour it on him. Huh? You're more than enough. If you get full of John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and then bust over, really go somewhere in the 17 that he didn't come to condemn the world. That's all you got to know. If you get full of that, you can run. <laughs> He's struggling. You see, submission's not about what you can create. It's about submitting to God. Somebody said, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do, and I'm going to ask God to bless it. See, the promises are for you. How many of you know there's 3,000 promises in the Bible? How many of you know they're for you? But how many of you know you got to conform to them? You can't, you can't cheat on your wife and expect God to bless it. People do. They have wrong thinking. You can't be a thief and rob the bank and expect God to protect you. Amen. I'm just saying, people have some weird ideals. We're to adhere to what the Word says, to submit to the Word, to follow the Word, to be a doer of the Word. You can give up. We'll let you go. No, he's going to stick with it. 
<laughs> First Peter 5, 6. Look at this scripture right here. Keep on working. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in the proper time. That's why we gotta, the clay has to submit to the, pot, to the potter. Amen. Therefore, humble yourselves. Hey, look at this. Look at this. So now he's, he's playing the potter. He is putting his hands on the clay. Y'all see that? Do you know what Deuteronomy 28.8 says? That if you hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God, to do all that he says to do and submit to him and listen to him and follow his ways. He said, you'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field. But verse 8 says he'll bless what you put your hands to. That's right. But you're following his word and his way. Now, hold on. This is the key. If, if he'll bless what you put your hands to when you start doing his word, guess what? When you submit to him, God puts his hands on you. And you're going to be blessed. The blessing was, is letting God put his hands on you to change you. Not this is the way I am, this is who I am. This is all, this whole sermon series is about you submitting to God. Getting filled up with God. Being committed to him. You know God excels in taking old worthless clay and transforming it into something? He excels into that. Look at Colossians 1, 21 through 22 right quick. Look on the screen with me. And although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds. Yet he has now reconciled you. He took the worthless clay and he's reconciled you into his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. God takes the clay and makes something out of it. He can take that old lumpy clay that he's trying to work with now, go ahead and slam it down, try to get it in the center. Let's see if he can center it now. It's full of lumps. You better use a lot of water, as they say in South Louisiana, water. They're going to sling that stuff all over me, and I was trying to keep clean today. Look how wobbly it is. Is your life wobbly? Get in the Word. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Push together, push together, push together. Oh, you need to rest your elbows on something. Look at him. He's starting to sweat. <laughs> so God wants to take us to a vessel of honor. In 2 Timothy 2.20 through 21, we're going to read this. Now in a large house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but vessels of wood and earthenware and some of honor and some of dishonor. Now, next Sunday, Jeff's going to be preaching on, on, on glazing and firing. We're talking about forming today. God wants to form you. But the, when kids turn, come set up that Sunday morning, I'm going to be preaching that God wants to fix your cracks. There's things in life that will crack you. So, so look, so, so there are all kinds of vessels. And, you know, somebody said, well, I'm just an old piece of earthenware. I'm not, I'm not any silver or gold, Pastor. That's wrong thinking. Because God can make you into what he wants to make you into if you'll let him. But what's holding you back is your thinking. And as you look, hey, let's see. Well, where? Let's, let's, play, let's, play the, you know, let's play a game. Can everybody see some of this pottery up here? Pick out a piece. Y'all see one? If I call your name, you, you can say which one you got. You got one? Everybody got one yet? Man, there's all kinds. You may have to stand up. There's some on the thing. There's some on the stage. You got a piece? Anybody got a piece? 
Huh? You see some? Man, there's some cool pieces up here. Got a little gravy bowl. Man, here's a cup. He's struggling. Y'all didn't know he was going to have entertainment while I preached, did you? I mean, boy, look at this beautiful piece right here. It's got a deer on it. Y'all got one? I'm fixing to call on people. You got one? Miss Becky, which one you got? Which, this, this, this here? Yeah. Which one you got? Yeah. The big orange one. This one right here? He like this one right here. Woo! Have they picked the God one yet? Have they picked the God one? Who, who's, who else got one? Caleb, you got one? Which one? This one here? He picked this one right here. Is this the God one? Which one's the God one, Pastor? All of them. All of them. You're the God one. God chose you. He picked you. formed you. He created you in your mother's womb. You are valuable to him. See, we went to a class. You can't tell it. But we went to a class, and we made bowls. And you know what? They're, they're, they set them for a while. They set them, and they let them dry out. And then they put them in the fire. And then, then they come back after they set a while, and they glaze them. You can use them before they're glazed, but they're prettier glazed. It's just another level. You know, the Holy Spirit's calling you to the next level. The Holy Spirit said, come out from among them, be ye separate, quit thinking like the world, quit acting like the world, be ye holy as I am holy, come on up, come on up, submit to me, quit resisting me. Are you resisting the Holy Spirit? Man, we need to check ourselves daily. Are we submitted to him? Are we, are we resisting him? And let him use us. You say, well, I don't know if God can use me. That's wrong thinking. Look here, I'm going to take this smallest cup right here. This is a little tiny cup, just the first one I saw. Look at this tiny cup right here. You say, well, this one's not, it's not as cool as this big one right here. It's not, it's not like this one right here. I, I, I stole this one out of my daughter's driveway. And my grandson's like, what are you doing with my pot, Pop? That's our pot. Because I didn't ask. But some of you think that you're like this, that you're not as good as everybody else. So, man, you made my water dirty. So I filled this up with water. I filled it up with water. Well, it ain't very much. But if you had been three days in the desert, what would this be worth to you? This is life-giving right here. This is life-giving. And there are people that need your water, that need the life-giving water of the Word and the Spirit of God that's in you. And you say, I'm not worthy. You are worthy because there are people that are looking at you, and they're looking for you for wisdom and comfort. And, and God is taking you, and He's making you a bigger vase. But you're just as important like this. When you're full of Him, this will save a life. You can save a life because you are called to be his carrier, the house of God. 
So let's get into the Word. Look at you. Who needs sermon notes? Anybody need sermon notes? Wave, wave, raise your hand. If you got sermon notes, then get ready. Number one. Oh, another thing. See this one right here? And let me look. See this one right here? See the swirls in that? Isn't that cool? You know, God wants to, he wants to make you beautiful. He wants to make you cool. He'll put his finger on you and make swirls. Come on. He'll give you gifts. Well, it's all through the submission. So number one, y'all ready? Y'all ready? You were created to contain the life of God. Clay working is preparing you for the capacity to hold the Spirit of God, the Word of God, the life of God. You were created to contain. Know ye not that you're the house of God, the house of the Spirit of God, that His Spirit dwells in you? That's That's another way to say it. But you're the house of God. You're a vessel that's made to contain the house of God. That's why people who aren't born again, they, they'll do anything to fill that hole. They'll, fill, they'll do anything to fill that vessel. They'll, they'll fill their vessel up with drugs, chase money, chase the opposite sex. They'll do anything they can to try to fill that empty hole up, that void that's in their life. See, this void, it's empty. People will do anything. You think, boy, if I just had a million dollars. I've seen millionaires lose everything to drugs. I've seen millionaires lose their life because they put everything in money. No, it's the kingdom. And we want to be full of the kingdom of God. We're the house of God. No, you're not. You're the house that you're made. Uh, uh, God wants to reveal a purpose in you and a destiny. You know, in the video that we started off with Jeremiah, that God has a plan for you and hope. You know what? You want his plan. That's the secret is finding his plan. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. I'm going to go ahead and tell you a little bit God's will for your life. You ready? You're supposed to be filled with him. Doesn't matter what you do. If you're a lawyer, banker, doctor, if you dig ditches for the electric company, it does not matter. You're called to be the house of God. You're called to be a vessel filled with God. And you can do everything as unto him. And he will exalt you. Does your work get other people's attention in a good way? First uh, Timothy 1, 9. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. A holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ from all eternity. Come on, come on. I'll leave that up there. His own purpose, his own grace. Don't, don't get caught up in what am I supposed to do? How am I, what kind of job am I going to have? God will bless whatever. God will open doors for you. God will take you to the next step, the better step, the greater step. But first of all and foremost, he's got to be number one. He has got to be number one. We put so much in stock. What's the will of God for my life? Am I supposed to be a doctor, lawyer, Indian chief? No, the will is you're supposed to be full of him. Boy, I got quiet in here. Your pursuit is God. 
I mean, you know, we pursue so many. We're in America. How many of you know we pursue entertainment? Is your football team playing today? Did it play yesterday? Did it play Friday night? Yeah, nothing wrong with that. You know, I, I, I know people that can keep, they keep stats in baseball. They measure inches in baseball. Football, too. And they can tell you every player on the baseball team, even the ones on the bench. How many songs do you know the lyrics to? Don't tell me you can't hear and remember the Word of God. Because, man, it, I, I, I shame my own self because a song come on, and I, it was 30 years ago last time I heard it, and I know every word. <laughs> wasted days and wasted nights. <laughs> Anybody ever heard that other than me? Raise your hand. Now, I blocked that out in the name of Jesus because we're not wasting our days anymore. We're living for God. But notice, see, God created music for you to remember the Word of God. Huh? And music will help you remember A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Remember that? My kids learn all the presidents by song. They learn all these United States of America by song. They can name all the, they still, and they have been out of school for a long time. They can still know, they know all the 50 states because they learned them by song. How many of you like me learn the books of the Bible by song? You can remember because song, and see, so, so you got to be careful what you listen to because it'll come back and haunt you. But we need to be full of God, and we have to break those things that come to And that was the first thing that came to mind. I hadn't seen that in a long time, but anyway. <laughs> Galatians 5.22. I believe with all my heart when you get born again, God recreates your spirit. God comes in and recreates your spirit, man, and he takes you from a lump of clay and makes you a vessel. And he puts the fruit of the Spirit in you, which are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Next verse. Gentleness, self-control, against there is no law. God puts his personality in you, in the clay. Now, you can focus on the lumps, and you can focus on the heartache, and you can focus on what the world's doing and what the world's saying, but God wants you to focus on Him. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, meekness. Come on, self-control. That's what your focus is. And you know what? Some people say, well, don't pray for patience because, man, the tough times are going to come on you. And that's a lie. You already have patience. You just need to develop it. You already have love. You just need to develop it. You already have joy. But what you focus on will steal your joy. Wasted days and wasted nights will steal your joy. But if you got joy, you can laugh at that because that's not me anymore. That's the old man. Ha, ha, he's gone. Number two, you were cre created to serve. Look at these vessels. How many of them? Look at this one's got a lip on it. To serve. To serve. To pour out. Fill my cup, Lord. Fill me up. And pour me out. And fill me up again. And pour me out. Somebody who was talking about giving, they had just helped somebody. They paid somebody's bills off. They got them all organized in their life. And next month, they was back in the hole again because they took their money and blew it. And they go... I said, well, you need to believe God 
to receive a return on what you did, no matter what they did with it, but you gave to the kingdom of God to further the kingdom of God in them. And they go, well, I don't want to give just to get. And I said, no, you're not giving just to get. You're giving so you can fill back up and pour out on somebody else and help somebody else and teach them how to do it, even though you'll find, because you know what? Jesus had people that he poured into, and they walked away because they didn't want it. They want to do their thing. But he still poured into them. He still reached to them with the love of God, the grace of God. So, so we're vessels uh, to serve. He'll smooth us out. See, see, Cody's trying to get to where he's just got a round vessel. But notice this right here is they created a lip in it, and they put a handle on it. There's a handle on you. You say, Lord, pour me out. 1 John 3, 8. The one who practices sin is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning, but the son appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. You going after the devil? Because as he is, so are you. He ain't created you to cow down. He ain't created you to live defeated. He ain't created you. He's created you to go after the devil. And you can't do it by yourself. You got to be full. If you're empty, the devil's going to come crack you. Crack you. And empty. See, that's another level. That's a glazing right there. We getting on, I'm getting into Jeff's sermon now that you need to be glazed. When you're glazed, you, you, you know what? You're shining. You look like Jesus. Put you on the whole armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, your feet are shod with preparation of the gospel of peace, sword of the Spirit, shield of faith. You're supposed to have it. You do have it. Colossians 1, 26. That is the, the mystery which has been hidden. And this is the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but has now come manifest to his saints, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is in Christ, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Where's my pot? Christ in you. In you. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Amen. To be full of Christ. We proclaim him admonishing every man, teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we may present every man complete in Christ. We want to come to completion. We don't want to live 40 years trying to be somebody, and we don't want to live 40 years finding out we're a nobody. We want to go ahead and submit to God and let him make us into something. Submit to him. Let him break some stuff off of you. Let him smooth you out. I like my lumps, Pastor. No. <laughs> the Bible says sin is fun for a season, but the end of it is death and destruction. So in verse 29, for this purpose... I labor striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. So let's go back to that cup. Fill with a cup of water. Your life, you are a life changer. You are a life changer. Well, Pastor, that's your job. No, it's not. My job is to fire you up and send you out. Fill you up and send you out. This is not ministry per se 
to get people saved. This is to disciple you, to fill you up with Jesus, and to go pour you out in this in Withville, Wythe County, Smith County, Grayson County, Pulaski County, Grayson County, all of them. Bland County. Can't forget Bland. Can anything good come from Bland? No, it's, there you go. He said yes, and I agree. God wants to pour you out in this area. Flyover country, as they say. No, it ain't. This is God's country. Wherever you're at, it's God's country. Gotta change your thinking. Where you work, that's God's work. That's God's job. You're working for God. Number three. So in the process, you got to be centered, and he is working hard. He's got it centered, but now he's trying to make something. And let's see if he can get past the donut stage here where he rips, the, he rips it out. You ain't using enough water, I can tell you right now. The, walk, the washing of the water of the Word. Look at him. He's going to fill it up. He's working hard. Got to be centered. Look, he's got to work it. And he's got to bring it up to whatever he wants to make it. If you'll notice it's centered, he has to push it together. Then you push it down. How big do you want the base to be? What are you trying to make? And then he wants to form it and form it into something. So we were created to serve. And after, <laughs> he's done messed up big time. So after it's formed into a pot like this, it's put in a fire. You got to put it in the fire. So number three is fired by the Holy Spirit. How many of you been baptized in water? Wave at me. If you haven't, Jesus commanded to be baptized in water. But how many of you know before you got baptized in water that you gave your heart to Jesus, that, that, that the Holy Spirit baptized you into Jesus, the Bible says, that you were baptized into the body of Christ. You were baptized, you became a part of the body of Christ. Then you got baptized in water, but you know there's another step. You can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And you need to be baptized and fired by the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist said, I baptize under repentance, but there's one coming greater than me that will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. And we, you know, fire, fire's a good thing or a bad thing. Fire of God's a good thing. Fire of hell's a bad thing. <laughs> you hadn't recognized that. Hell you want to shun, heaven you want to gain. Amen? Come on, say amen, somebody. All right, so we want to gain heaven. So we have to go through the process. We have to change, and we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helped Jesus. Jesus had the Holy Spirit in his life. If you start reading the Gospels and looking where Jesus, like one day they're all walking, everybody's walking with him, and Jesus turns and goes to the pool of Bethesda and finds a guy that's been laying there on, and, and wanting to get in the water. When the water was troubled, get healed. And Jesus said, will you be healed? Jesus was led by the Spirit. You know, four Sundays ago, Jesus walked on the water. He sent the disciples ahead. The Holy Spirit had him do that. We can't fathom that. When's the, what's the Holy Spirit asking you to do that you've been putting off? Is he prompting you to get up early in the morning and pray? Is he prompting you to get up and read the Bible in the morning? Is he prompting you to memorize the Scriptures on peace because you can't sleep at night. You waiting on the answer? There it is. You're asking for help. The Holy Spirit is your helper. 
He's your helper. He's your guide. He's your lawyer. He's your comforter. He's the one that never leaves you nor forsakes you. Even before you were saved, he was prompting you. He was talking to you. He was guiding you. Ask him. Ask him. I challenge you. Here's your homework. Go home and ask God, when did you speak to me growing up? When? Show me. Show me who you, you spoke to me through people. You spoke to me in a dream. You spoke to me in a conversation in my heart. Ask him. I did that. Because my pastor said, you know, I, and he said, the Lord spoke to me this week in the church I grew up in. They didn't talk about God speaking to you. I went, what? We mean God spoke to you. So I said, God, do you really speak to people? Because I was young and dumb. And then he took me back and started showing people that came to me, people that spoke into me, then conversations that I thought I was having with myself and I was having with him. And how many of you ever argued with him? The Bible talks about Ananias arguing with God. He said, go down and pray for Saul of Tarsus. He's a chosen vessel of mine. And I said, you know that one? He's the one kills Christians and puts them in jail. I'm not going down there. He's arguing with God. How many with that? That God said, I need you to go pray for that person over there. I'm not going over there. I don't know them. How many of y'all ever done that other than me? I've been in a restaurant and the Lord said, go pray for them. There was a drunk man sitting over there licking a bowl of ice cream. I couldn't eat anymore. I began to cry for him. People at the table said, what's wrong with you? I said, well, my heart's broke. I got to go talk to that man. My, the compassion of God came on me. Amen. Come on, you got to learn to let the compassion of God come on you for people who don't deserve it. Because I didn't deserve it. That does not even come into the, the situation deserving. It's called grace. And we're called to serve and we're called to be fired and be led by the Holy Spirit to be directed by the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1.8, it says, You shall receive power, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Power to do what? Power to get wealth? No, God said he'll get you power to do wealth. But what did the Holy Spirit's main reason did come? Look what it says. And you shall be my witnesses in Withville, Pulaski, Fort Chiswell, Rural retreat, wherever you go. That's Jerusalem. Judea is Virginia. Samaria is these United States. How about the world and the uttermost parts of the earth? Is God knocking on you the door to go to, go to another place, another country? Is there a missionary in here? Is that not even on the table? Yeah, it's on the table for one. I'm just asking, thank you. Have you ever thought about it? I'm just, I just trying to survive, Pastor. Well, God wants to get you out of survival mode and get you where you're living for Him. Not just surviving, but thriving. To be what the Word says, an overcomer? More than a conqueror. How about just successful? How about having more than enough? It's not only for you, but for others. Hmm. I don't know what it is, but, you know, these ladies have been bringing me peppers. And they're bringing me peppers and peppers, and I've been cutting peppers up and putting them in the freezer. Because they got more than enough. They got more than enough. Huh? 
Have you ever had somebody give you something? Have you ever been led to give somebody something? I'm pushing you today to come out from among them, be ye separate, and step into the life that God has for you. A vessel of honor, a vessel full of him, a vessel that lays hands on the sick and sees them recover, a vessel that prays for people to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, a vessel going somewhere to be poured out on somebody. Is that you? It's time. It's time. Whether you do it here, whether you do it in Virginia, whether you do it in the United States, whether you go to another country, God's wanting to send you to pour you out. What about that neighbor? My, my, my neighbor passed away about a year and a half ago, and she came up to me and said, I want you to pray for me. He said, I just want to know for sure I'm saved. You know, she was in her 80s. And I said, well, where's your Bible at? She goes, I just want to feel it. I just want to know for sure. I said, well, let's go get your Bible. We pray right now. And I said, let's go to Romans 10, 9, and 10. And I told her to start reading it. And as she read it, what you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth, Lord Jesus. And I said, now we're going to pray and you're going to feel it. And she looked up at me and said, I already do. Amen. You see, all you got to do is the word, not me. I'm just the vessel to lead her through the Word. I do have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit does bring conviction and change, but she felt it because she read the Word. Because you can't, I can't save anybody. I'm not called to save anybody. I'm called to be a carrier of God. Amen. And it's up to them to receive the God on me, in me, and through me. Amen? Amen? Yeah. But you're the carrier of God, yes. just as much as I am. I'm just called the pastor. You're called to go to the world just as much as I am. And we all have to walk out our salvation, pastor or not. I have to live. I have to come out. I have to be holy. I have to separate myself. The, the world attacks my thinking too. It mashes me and wants to put its fingerprints in me just like it does you. But you're an overcomer. We're an overcomer. We're more than a conqueror. We conquer. We can conquer sin. By the blood of Jesus. Amen? Let me give you one more scripture. We can find it here. One of my favorite ones is Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. If God anointed Jesus, God needs to anoint you. You need to be open to the anointing of God, the presence of God. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about, or anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. Say, I need some power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now, when you ask the Holy Spirit to rise up in you, to come up in you, guess what? He's going to show up. And you can go in power. Going in power doesn't mean you're afraid anymore. Or means you wade through fear. Because everybody's going to have some fear from time to time. But you just, you, what bravery is, is you just wade through fear. What did uh, Brother Wilkinson said? Uh, the gang member said, I'm just going to cut you into a thousand pieces. He goes, every one of them's going to cry out, Jesus loves you. Yeah. Every one of them's going to say, Jesus died for you. Yeah. You just go ahead and cut me up. I'm not afraid of you. Mm -hmm. Huh? Amen. That's power. Yes. Yes. See, if you're afraid to die, the devil has power over you. 
But death shouldn't have any more sting on you anymore. When you Christian, when you leave here, you're going to heaven. Stepping right over into the glory. It's not a painful thing. So get that fear of death off of you. And when you go to witness, if I'm going to witness to him, I can't be afraid of him. What's he going to do, punch me in the nose? No, he's not. Do you know I've, had, I, I've been here in the altar and, and had somebody come down, and, and this dude was a big biper dude, and you know what went through my mind? I mean, he's crying, coming to give his heart to Jesus, and, and the devil said, he's fixing to knock you out. He's fixing to knock you out. That's, that's the stuff that runs through my mind. I know y'all don't think those thoughts. I know fear doesn't bother you or doesn't come against you, but this guy's this tall, he's this wide, he's crying, he's coming to give his heart to Jesus, and the devil said, he's fixing to knock you out, and boom. That's a lie. The devil is a liar. Let's get it right. Jesus is the truth, and the devil's a liar. Well, Pastor Brett, you just don't. No, I know God's your protection. And if he did knock me out and kill me, I'm going to heaven. We got to settle that we need to be the vessel that God's called us to be. To carry his glory. To carry his presence. To be submitted to him. To let him fill you up, pour you out, fill you up, pour you out, and fill you up. What happens when you get burnt out is you're not getting filled back up. You ever met anybody's burnt burn out on life? They haven't let God fill them up. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you that we are vessels of clay, that we're submitted to you you are the potter, we are the clay. And we thank you, Father, that you stir in our hearts to commit to you with all of our heart, with all of our might and all of our strength. Thank you, Father, for your presence. Thank you, Father, for the commitment. Thank you, Father, that we're submitted to you with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our might. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, would you say, Pastor, pray for me? Just lift your hand. I see that hand. Anybody else? Maybe you're here today and you're like, man, I, I, there's, some, there's some areas I just need to submit to God. Man, make that commitment to God. If that's you, just lift your hand. I, I'm not going to count your hand. I'm not. That's you and God. Now, that's you and God. If that's you, if you want to, there's some things you've got to submit to God, you need to do that today. Now look at me real quick. Everybody look at me. Christianity is not a religion that's going to beat you over the head and make you submit. You know, being a Muslim or a Hindu, it's about works. And it's about you giving your all. Well, you're supposed to give your all, your free will all to God. Not that I'm going to threaten to kill you with a stick or a stone because you don't keep the rules of being a Muslim or a Hindu or something like that. No, this is you and God. And God said, come out from among them. Be ye separate. Be, be holy. God said, get into my word. God said, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with my fire. He's calling you to a next level. Just think, if we all go to the next level, and we all be what we're called to be. 
I'm not talking about quitting your job. I'm talking about being who you are on your job, being who God called you to be, being that vessel full of Him, full of joy, peace, love, gentleness, kindness, meekness. How many people could you change? How many people would come up to you and say, I don't know what you've got, but I need what you've got. Because you're going through the same junk I'm going through at this job, but you've got joy. Where does that come from? Let me tell you about my Jesus. It's not that hard. It's called living it. God's calling you to the next level. See, this whole sermon series is not, here's where we're at. In America, let's just do enough to get by. Let's just do enough, you know, ooh, ooh, I sinned, but God didn't kill me. What's called grace? The other Christians didn't kill me. It's called grace. It's called forgiveness. But that doesn't mean God doesn't want you to step up to the next level. To come in to the fire. The fire is what makes you holy. The fire is what makes you solid. What makes you strong. I can stand on this because it's been fired. You let God fire you and make you stronger, make you a stronger Christian, make you a stronger believer. He's calling. He's calling. Let's pray. Say it with me. Say, Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that He died on the cross for my sins. Save me today. Forgive me today. Cleanse me from unrighteousness. Father, I'm coming out. I want to be holy. I want to be full of you. I want you in my life in a greater measure. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.